With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. The Star. The Star. Welcome again to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys, joined as always by Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, now co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, also pre- and post-game host for the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And uh, we are honored to be going behind enemy lines with uh, a good friend of Brian's, I know. Uh, we've got John Schmelk here with us. He is a podcast host, reporter, and producer for the Giants, Giants.com. You can uh, find him on Twitter at Schmelk, which is S-C-H-M-E-E-L-K. Uh, John, how are you doing today? I'm good, but I'm a little concerned. Brian, when did you release the old cranky scout? Uh, title from your from your official designation. Yeah, that's yeah, John. You cranky. Know, yeah, you know me better. You can bring that back when we get working on the draft, and I've come right. on the, the, your podcast in the spring. You can bring back the old crusty scout guy that that I've always been with you. But man, thank you so much for coming on with us, John. I mean, it is a, it's a pleasure. Uh, it, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast, folks, this man right here is he knows it all about the Giants. He's like uh, Bobby, he lives in the building with these giants, uh, always around him. So he'll give us the insights on on what's going on uh, with this team as we get ready for this Monday night game. Which, John, I guess the uh, the biggest news for the Giants coming into this game uh, is that you are going to be seeing the debut, it seems like, of Kayvon Thibodeau. And uh, you're going to be getting Aziz Ojolari back. Uh, it, it's looked a lot, just Brian and I from watching some of the tape of these first two games, we both noticed – Man, there looks like there's some trouble getting pressure with the front four. Wing Martindale's having to bring a lot of blitzes. He likes doing that anyway. Um, but how big a boost is it for that front four that they're going to get their their two pass rushers that they always envision there, Ojolari and Thibodeau, back for this one? Yeah, and frankly, even and when they haven't gotten their unblocked pressures from some of their safeties and corners, and they've gotten they've manufactured those one on ones, which is the other point of the Wing Martindale scheme, they haven't been getting pressure either. To be quite honest with you, so unless they've gotten an unblocked pressure, guys really haven't been getting home. So this is a big deal. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari have both been out since the last week or two of training camp. And it's important for both guys to get back. The Giants don't have any other guys that can win one-on-one. In my opinion right now, Ojolari is still further ahead of Thibodeau. As a rusher, he had the calf. Thibodeau had the MCL. 
So, yeah, it's a big boon. You guys know how it works. If you can't get pressure in this league, it's hard to stop people. And the Giants aren't rolling out a bunch of shutdown corners either. Adoree Jackson's a good player. But Aaron Robinson, who is not playing, you know, he's out. He wasn't playing that well before he got hurt. Darnay Holmes has been a little grabby as a slot corner, though he does tend to stay close to receivers, even if it's not legally. And then, you know, you have the uh, – the guy stepping in for Aaron Robinson is it going to be Fabian Moreau, the veteran who kind of came in at the last half of game number two, or rookie Cordell Flott, who got beat by DJ Moore a couple times against Carolina last week and then got pulled for Fabian Moreau. So, yeah, the, the Giants' pass defense here, I think they've caught a break, guys, playing two teams that don't pass the ball well in Tennessee and Carolina the first two weeks. So it's, it might have hidden some of the issues this defense could have this year. So that's one thing if you're the Cowboys, I would keep an eye on this game. Can they take advantage of that? Giants lack a pass rush. We'll see where Thibodeau and Ojolari are and their young secondary. When you mentioned the secondary, John, I mean, is it – you see they, they do give up some big plays, but is that more because of technique or is it more because of the lack of the pass rush? I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. And I've actually been surprised. Wink hasn't played nearly as much cover zero as he has in years past. He's kind of pulled back on that a little bit. I think because of the lack of ability to cover one-on-one in the back end, he's mixed in a lot more zones and things of that nature. They still run playing. I think the fact that I think the Cowboys and Giants are one and two in the league in the percentage of time they play cover one. Uh, but the cover zero has been pulled back a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you have some issues there um, in the back end and the lack of pass rush. They'll put those two together. But, again, I think they've caught breaks that Tannehill and, and Baker Mayfield and the Titans and the Panthers just don't really have dynamic passing attacks to take advantage of that. Do you think, you know, you mentioned Adoree Jackson's been a good player. He, he's been a really stabilizing factor there in the secondary from what I can tell. Uh, your anticipation, do you think he follows C.D. Lamb or do you think they're going to play him on a side? How do you think they deploy Adoree Jackson? Yeah, he followed Robert Woods in week one. He did not follow DJ Moore in week two. So your guess is as good as mine. I would follow him with CD Lamb. Then again, Lamb winds up in the slot a lot, as you guys well know. I don't know if they're going to put him inside. I think they might leave Holmes on him if he goes inside. So I do, I do think that's a really good question. I don't know which way they're going to go because they have worked it both ways this year. And I'll throw out, by the way, I didn't mention the two safeties. I should. Julian Love and Xavier McKinney are good football players. They can play all over the field. They're both very smart. They're not going to blow coverages. So they've also, to your point, you, you called the Dory a stabilizing factor back there. So are the two safeties. They, they really help out those corners. They're two very good players. And now you have Tony Jefferson, too, and rookie Dane Belton, I thought, played well last week in his first game against Carolina. So they have a crew of safeties they trust, and I think that's really helped the corners. who kind of lot, A lot of them lack that experience. John, when, you, when, when we talk about Thibodeau and Ojolari, do they flip sides? Are they are they going to play? Uh, are, are they are they primary right or left players, or do they have a rhyme or reason why they flip sides? Uh, they've been flipping in camp, and they flipped in the preseason game. So I would expect them to play both sides, and that's just Wink trying to cause confusion, Brian. You know how that goes. He wants yeah. guys lined up all over the place, so you don't know who you're signing to what blocker, who's coming from where. So both guys will play both. More often than not, I'd say Thibodeau will be over Tyler Smith at left tackle and Ozerari will be over Terrence Steele at right tackle, but they will play both sides. When you look at uh, one thing Brian and I seem to notice was, you know, obviously Andrew Thomas is great. He, he's been really, really good these first couple games here for the Giants, uh, you know, captain for them. Um, 
man, it looks like there's a lot of struggling right now on the interior of the offensive line, being able to stop pressure. Jeffrey Simmons, when I went back and watched the Tennessee game, he was in the backfield almost every single snap. Um, well, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. I think he actually just sacked Daniel Jones again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so right. Exactly. He's he, he's still coming. Brian and I have talked a lot about, man, maybe that's where you find some success. You send Micah Parsons up the A-gap. You, you try and take advantage of some of that. Um, is that an area of concern still for the Giants? Is that just a, a place right now where they're really struggling to find an answer on the interior? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Andrew Thomas has developed into a legitimate all-pro, you know, Pro Bowl-level left tackle. He's excellent. That's why you don't give up on offensive tackles, by the way, after one season. Um, yeah. And Evan Neal's been okay. He hasn't been great, but he's been okay. He hasn't been killed out there. I think it's similar to the way Tyler Smith's played a left tackle for you guys. They've had some bad moments, had some good moments, but you see it, right? Now, he also hasn't played an, an elite pass rusher for a lot of snaps yet, so if they put Parsons and Lawrence out there, we'll see. But yeah, one thing, Bobby, we've talked about all week this week on our programming here for the Giants is the Cowboys run more stunts than any other team in football. They have guys yep. moving and twisting and all that stuff. And the Giants have been rotating at left guard with Ben Bredesen and Josh Azudu. It looks like Ben Bredesen is kind of inched in front of the rookie a little bit. He's a little bit better in pass pro. Azudu's done a pretty good job run blocking. You know, Feliciano is your classic veteran center. He's fine, but he's, you know, he's not spectacular. And Mark Lewinsky, who they were depending on, he was their free agent signing this offseason. They thought he was going to be the rock for them. And then last week, he just had a rough, rough game against the Panthers. So yeah, I think you hit it. I think the one thing, you know, the Giants offensive line coach Bobby Johnson will be working on all week is dealing with those Cowboys stunts and movements inside. They bring Parsons around in those loops. They've been combining DeMarcus Lawrence up inside more, as you guys well know. So, yeah, that I think would be a real issue for the Giants. And when you get guys in Daniel Jones's lap, that's when you might get some mistakes. When you look at though how your quarterbacks played there, uh, John, with the with you know, and 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 you know, I, to me personally, I think that Daniel Jones has some skills. I, I just think that you look at what he's been put through with coaching staffs and then also schemes and things like that. Does he finally have some stability with this group? And it, it looks like to me that. You know, they're trying to do more things that, that benefit him when you watch him on tape. Yeah, look, John Mara said this offseason, Brian, we've done everything we can to mess this kid up. And you're right. All the different schemes, coordinators, a lack of an offensive line. And look, the situation now still isn't great. The offensive line is better, but it's not where you want it to be. And, and unless they figure out how to unlock Kenny Galladay, you know, Kadarius Tony's doubtful for this game. Who are his big weapons and wide receivers? So the talent around him still isn't ideal. Uh, Saquon Barkley's playing a lot better. That'll certainly help. But, yeah, I mean, I think they are trying to do, make some easier throws for him. They're trying to design some things in the offense to create some openings. And I don't think they've asked him to do a lot. I think they only have four passes that have traveled 20 or yards, in the, 20 or yard, more yards in the air this year. Uh, one was a blown coverage to Sterling Shepard. So, yeah, they're trying to make things a little bit easier on him, let the offense work for him a little bit, and frankly, run the offense through Saquon Barkley. You know, he looks like his old self. I think right now the Giants' offensive line is much better run blocking than pass blocking. And I think, you know, looking at the Dallas defense, if the one, you know, maybe you can run a right at him still a little bit on the inside with those defensive tackles. So I think that is going to be the plan. Again, don't put Daniel Jones into those second and third and longs where you could run into some trouble with all that stuff that Dan Quinn does. Trayvon Diggs starts jumping some routes. And, you know, the thing with Diggs, and I'd love to get your guys' take on this, I feel like he's going to excel against guys that can't run by him because he feels yeah. like he can take some more chances. Yeah. And I don't know if the Giants have somebody that can really run by him 
So that's something I would keep an eye on too, where he's going to be willing to take some more chances this week. Yeah, John, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Diggs is very comfortable with guys that can't. He's okay with the big guy. Yeah. He doesn't like to play the guy that can double move him and then get, and then now the catch-up speed. You know, you and I talked about that when we did our, our draft preview stuff a couple of years ago about the true speeds and stuff like that. So uh, let me ask you this, John. Do you feel like the, the Giants' game plan then is – we're going to sit there and run the ball. And even if the Cowboys get ahead in this game, still be patient running the ball, just not to be, not to put Daniel in some bad situations there. Yeah. And I think, you know, Brian, we saw it in week one against Tennessee, the giants trailed 13, nothing at halftime. And they ended up running the ball, I think on 60 or 70% of their plays in the second half of that game. So yeah, that's what they're going to try and do. And they're going to hope Saquon breaks a couple long ones like he did against Tennessee. The 60 yard run in that game, a 30 yard run in that game. Last week, he had three rushing yards at the half. They stuck with it. He had 68 rushing yards in half number two in that game. So they are going to stick with the run because, to your point, especially against this Cowboys pass rush and Micah Parsons, they're not going to want to put Daniel Jones in a situation where he's going to get beat up and he can maybe turn into some mistakes. You know, this is not what they've told me. This is just my opinion. I'm much more worried about the Cowboys' defense scoring points in this game or setting up the offense with a short field than I am the Cowboys' offense creating sustained drives down the field. That's just me. Look at that. John doing his homework on this terrible offense. Like that, that, that's <laughs> he knows he watches this stuff. I, 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 he's not wrong. He's not. No, wrong. no. I mean, it's funny. Micah Parsons has told us, told us in training camp, told us at the end of the game last week against Cincinnati, he said, I don't care if the offense scores zero points. Cause I trust we're going to put points on the board on our side of the ball. And so that's, that's their mentality. That's the mentality that they've got to have. I want to ask you really quickly uh, and, and a little bit of, homerism here uh acknowledging this is a guy that I, I hyped up back in his college days and i've known him since all the way back when he was at middle tennessee uh but how big a deal has richie james been for you guys there in new york a guy that when he gets discussed it feels like there's a lot of boy look at that richie james is having to take targets how bad are things in new york to where when i look at the tape it's like man how big has richie james been stepping into this void and, and making some plays yeah, look, I think right now the Giants are, and we didn't really talk much about the wide receivers, but they're trying to figure it out there. And they've been mixing guys in, just trying to find someone to give them consistent production. And quite frankly, Richie James has been the guy. I mean, he's the guy that they put in the slot. I think Daniel Jones trusts him to always be where he's supposed to be, run the right route, separate in those small areas on the inside. So he's his, the guy he trusts, to be honest with you. And the other guy he trusts is David Sills outside. Remember, yep. I think West Virginia, Brian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's been all over the place, it seems like. Yep. Yeah. Bigger guy. He was originally actually drafted. Uh, or I think he was undrafted for Asian with the Bills. They cut right. him when Joe Shane was there. So then Shane kept him along when he came to the Giants. And, you know, he he can't run away from guys, but he's a decent route runner. He's got good hands. He's going to settle into some zones. But James has been the guy, along with Sterling Shepard coming away from his Achilles. Those are the three guys that they've figured out that Jones can trust a little bit and will always be in the right spot. Though I do think, after only playing two snaps last week, Kenny Galladay will be reintroduced a little bit more in the game plan this week. They're going to try to get him going because he's not going anywhere with his contract. So they're going to try to figure out a way to get him activated here. But, Bobby, you hit it. Richie James has been really a godsend here as someone that Daniel Jones can rely on in those third and short, third and medium situations. He's kind of his go-to guy in those spots, to be quite honest with you. So him versus Jordan Lewis in those third and, third and mediums will be an interesting matchup in this game. 
And then uh, just as we wrap up here, uh, I was given uh, a lot of crap from our morning show over at 105 Through the Fan because I told them I was here in the New York area and I ate at Cheesecake Factory last night. Uh, so, so where do I need to go eat today before the game? There's a million Italian places. Like you can find good Italian in Jersey pretty much anywhere. Um, I don't know any place. We, I think you're in Short Hills, right? I don't know any Italian places offhand in Short Hills, but I'll Hoboken, drive. I'll drive. <laughs> all right, Hoboken. Go to Hoboken. Find a good Italian place in Hoboken for lunch. Enjoy a little lunch. Jersey City, can, you can find something too. Go downtown and and get some nice pasta. I think you'll be in good shape. Josh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I will say something though, Bobby. In my all my years of scouting, and I don't know if it's changed because I haven't been to the new. I haven't been to MetLife. Well, I have been to MetLife, but I didn't sit in the press box for some reason. I was hanging out somewhere else. But the food at the Giant Stadium has always been the, the press box food. Always been good. Always. Good now I don't know if that's changed, but man, when if I if I wrote a book about press box food. I would have talked about the Giants back in the day because they they had some they had some really good food. If you have to wait right. around, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do a video breakdown, I guess, comparing uh, Cowboys press box and Giants press box food. Uh, John Schmelk, uh, yeah, Giants reporter, Northeast area cuisine expert. Uh, <laughs> you can find all of his takes over on Twitter at Schmelk. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, and I would not expect the MetLife Stadium food to to rank up with with with. Oh with, no! With what happened? Power. Oh no, that happens. It's fine. It's fine. But you guys, you guys have like the 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 dessert. We have a carving station. Carving station. We're, we're, we're not whipping out a, de- a dessert table or a carving station. We're not doing wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. The mirrors have changed. They used to have it on plates. They used to serve on like real plates back in the day. Way back yeah, in no, the no, day. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no more. Do, All right. <laughs> do, do, do we at least do we at least get the post game beer like we get in AT&T Stadium? Uh no, I do not believe there are post game beers, but but you will get some kind of post game yeah. dessert though afterwards. Okay. Like I I think they had soft pretzels last week. So that was that, oh, that was there you go. There you okay, go. all right, that that'll work for us. John, thank you, appreciate you. No problem, guys. Happy to be with you. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, thank you again to John Schmelk for joining us here. Uh, it is a Monday night football game here at MetLife Stadium, uh, which I'm really grateful that we're going to be traveling back tonight. I don't have to worry about traveling tomorrow uh, because Tuesday, that means it's wing specials at Boomer Jacks. Tuesday and Wednesday, the wing deals have just gotten better at Boomer Jacks. On Tuesday, bone-in wings are half price, and on Wednesdays, boneless wings are half price. Uh, so for our producer, Peyton Russell, who likes to basically eat the chicken nugget wings, he'll go on Wednesday. 
Brian and I will go on Tuesday, get our wings on, uh, and be able to watch any game you want there. The wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great spot, great atmosphere, and we are so grateful that Boomer Jacks is a sponsor here at Love of the Star. Yeah, and if you're one of those folks that's uh, coming in town next week, uh, you know, for the Commanders game, uh, hey, you want to get your get your uh, feed on? Go to Boomer Jacks. I got you know we're right now, Bobby, in the middle of these college football. We're starting to get the conference games and stuff yep. like that. So Boomer Jacks have got all the games on TV. They got great food. They got great drink specials. Check it out. I know some people that listen to the Love the Star podcast have already. Hey, if you go to Boomer Jacks and and you're there. Tweet Bobby and I. We'd really appreciate that. It's very kind of you guys to do that. So enjoy the games. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the great times of Boomer Jacks. Tweet us. Let it, let me know in advance. I'll come buy you a beer. Because the beer, I swear, it is the coldest beer you'll ever have is at Boomer Jacks. 17 DFW locations. So if you're in the DFW area, I promise you there's one near you. Find your location at boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. Uh, let's look at uh, this Giants-Cowboys matchup. Preview a little bit on our end. Uh, I, I it was great to hear some of John's perspective there, uh, specifically that, you know, it sounds like a Dory Jackson, maybe yeah. inside in the slot. Maybe that's one of the ways you can work CD lamb away from him. Thinking on that, would that be the best method then to try and free up some favorable matchups for CD lamb? If a Dory Jackson follows him left and right, but does not follow him inside do you think we should be seeing a lot of CeeDee Lamb running out of the slot tonight? Yeah, I test that early, Bobby. I would go very, very early on that one to see how the Giants are going to play. Now, what you have to be concerned about with uh, Wink Martindale as a defensive coordinator, he is not going to show you just one thing the whole game. You've got nope. to be ready for him. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, maybe there's not could be Jackson travel in the slot. That doesn't mean that he might not play one or two snaps in the slot just to throw you off uh, that way. You know, it might be something he's not totally comfortable with, but you also have to be alert. They, they might just throw it out there that, that the Cowboys will say, wow, wait a minute, they're, they're, they will commit him to play in the slot if they have to, and it might run Dallas out of something else. So, yeah, I I expect, let me say it, if if Flock starts tonight for, uh, for, the, uh, for the Giants, area I attack. I try and get as many matchups as I can with him tonight. I think Jackson's a good player, but they have some problems at that other cornerback spot with the physicality which with they play. Run the ball that direction, uh, you know, get the ball on the edge, but also throw the ball. I expect Noah Brown to be a little bit of a problem on the outside for the Giants tonight in this football game. So uh, I, I think some really good matchups. John's right, though. Their safeties are good players. So maybe the Cowboys tight ends don't get the get the uh, the burn that they normally get. But keep an eye on also those safeties, like helping helping on, uh, you know, helping uh, on CD Lamb and these on these wide receivers playing that maybe that little bit of a two deep look or playing single high and just kind of bracketing off one side or the other. Man, you mentioning Flot there, talking about Noah Brown. I think if you can get. Noah Brown on Cordell Flott. Yeah. Man, I would immediately start to – that's a 50-pound difference. Uh, that to yeah. me, Stop routes on that. You can run slants, whatever. Noah Brown's got a big enough body. He's going to be able to completely block out Cordell Flott. And, look, we've seen Noah Brown looks like a trustworthy receiver. We, we talked about it. We asked Noah Brown about it in the locker room. All these reps he's gotten with Cooper Rush over the years, they've got some good chemistry because they, they've had to play together on some of these scout team reps and get some of these reps with the second team and things like that. And so 
Uh, I think that Noah Brown versus Cordell Flott, if you can get that, even if you can get Simi Fajoko out there for a few snaps, another guy who's a big-bodied receiver who can, I think, kind of, you know, box out a smaller guy in Cordell Flott, that's what I would look to take advantage of. Well, let's see tonight, too, with the situation with Michael Gallup as well. You know, I yep. mean, that that's going to be I, – I do feel like that, you know, uh, John mentioned that Dallas, crazy or not, as much as we uh, talk about and fans – kind of gnash their teeth over uh, if uh, if I'm using the right word there. Yeah. They, the, the Giants' skill level on the outside, they're struggling there too. They're struggling. Yeah. And you might have the advantage at the receiver core tonight, and you need to find a way to take advantage of that. When we look at, obviously, Saquon Barkley, he looks a lot more like the guy from years past, looks like the, the younger uh, version of Saquon Barkley. He's a guy who, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of that question of, is he going to get hurt? Uh, you know, is he going to break down? Is he going to do this or that? Um, but how much, if you're the Giants, are you scheming things up similar to way that the Buccaneers did of like, hey, let's run to this side with Trayvon Diggs. Let's try and get hat on a hat on the defensive line. And then we trust Barkley's going to be able to handle things at the second level. Yeah, I think that, yeah, to me, you know, that's, that's the problem that you run into playing against a guy like Saquon Barkley because every time you look up and they hand him the ball, it seems like it's a four or five yard gain. His surge, yep. his surge is pretty impressive, and the Cowboys have better be ready. You know, it's you know guys like Wilson and Vanderesh, and you know maybe some of the ways. And actually, Cincinnati did this, Bobby, as we saw in the second half of the game last week is. They decided that they were going to run the football and kind of try and wear the Cowboys down, even though they didn't have great success. You know, that 19-play drive that they had, it was a mix of run and pass. And I think with, you know, if you're – you do not want to get, if you're the Giants, get in a bunch of a throwing match with the Cowboys, even though it's Cooper Rush. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to get into that because they're going to have trouble protecting – and, you know, you could have trouble protecting as well, but their, their flaws are more than your flaws right now. So, yeah, running the ball at, at digs, trying to get the ball to the edge. I mean, Cincinnati tried it, but Barr did a great job. Diggs did a great job. And Wilson did a great job of not getting blocked in that football game. And that limited the damage that they were trying to inflict. Tell me if I'm crazy, Brian. Michael Gallup. If he goes tonight, I think it would be a shock at this point. If he didn't play, he should play. Yeah. I think he'll be limited. Um, I don't know how much you want him running to the middle of the field, running in breaking routes right on his first time back. I would guess a lot of the stuff is he's going to be limited in the route tree. But we talk about how they're going to stay committed to the run regardless. It seems like the the Giants will. Um, you trust your defense, so any lead feels like a, a tough one for an opposing offense to overcome. So am I crazy, Brian, to say I don't care what field position you start with, whatever else, first play of the game, take a deep shot down the field to Michael Gallup. Test that secondary, see if they'll give you yeah. one. Yeah, I, I, I like what you're saying. And the thing that would bother me a little bit, though, Bobby, is that he got hurt on a fade vertical pass against Arizona. And yeah. so do you want him going up and getting tangled up and 50-50 ball and all that? I mean, if you can if you could run by and you know separate off the line off flock or you know anybody that, that's going to play in coverage out there against him, yeah, I, I I'm going to try and get him going early though. I'm going to just 
I want to, I gotta, I gotta get his confidence that okay, everything's okay. Once he gets that first hit, I think everything then becomes okay. But I don't okay. know. Yeah, I don't know what, 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 throw him a 50-50 ball just to go up and get right off the jump because again, how you land, all those things getting tangled up. Maybe it's something you come back to, but man, I, I just the you know, an out, something that's just nice and tidy. You don't have to carry him inside on those safeties. So curls out, something just to to kind of get him going and get him back in the game. Okay, all right. Get, get, give me this then. Let's. Uh, look, what about this? Uh, I'll come. Out, I'll drop a different play for you. You don't want the 50-50 ball. What if I I put some pressure on the safety and make him make a decision? So I put C.D. Lamb in the slot. I got Michael Gallup outside. We run play action, and I hit him with a scissors route. And oh, then no, you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Something, yeah, something that he does. You know, you you can even max the protection. Just keep the back end, keep the tight end in, and just scissor it all you want, you know, and run him to the, you know, see how the safeties are going to play in this game. And, you know, Cooper Rush is capable. It looks like the balls are thrown to the middle of the field. It's almost like like Tom Brady. Here I'm comparing Cooper Rush to Tom Brady. But I, <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I only mean that in the way that Cooper Rush tends to throw the ball better in the middle of the field than he does struggles, to the outside. Struggles yeah. to the outside, yeah. So, yeah, I'm absolutely, yeah. If you want to if you want to take some kind of route combination where you, you, you run, maybe even run it off a – you know, run off a pick or something like that. But yeah, I just, I think you got to get Michael Gallup a couple of catches and then get him comfortable. Like, okay, I just got hit. I just got hit again. And now I'm ready to to make uh, plays and continue to get hit uh, after receptions. John told us there, he thinks you're going to see a lot more of Thibodeau against uh, Tyler Smith. Yeah, that could be a problem. That, that matchup. How do you feel about that matchup specifically? Yeah, that's the, you know, and, and, the thing that's, that the Giants have to worry about Thibodeau is the fact that it's really his first game since uh, he hurt his knee in that uh, in that preseason game. So, which, how, which to how, me, to me at the time when I saw that injury, I know I think we were recording a podcast when I yeah. had down during a break and saw it was like, man, that looks like that could be out for the year. Like that yeah. looks bad. No, man, it's the, some of these kids are superhuman with the way they kind of regenerate parts and stuff like that. <laughs> and and he's one of those kind. I think that's a special football player. What you don't need tonight is him to wreck shop in this game. You know, you do not him and Ojolari. This is a big. This is a big uh, uh, step in the right direction for the Giants' defense because, as you mentioned with John, we talked about they just have no pass rush. They and you know and and that's you know and that's been a problem for them. And you know if, if you make Cooper Rush comfortable in this football game, Cooper Rush is capable of, of completing a lot of passes. So. Have an Ojolari, have a Thibodeau. Yeah, this is going to be – I am not going to leave Tyler Smith out there by himself. I'm chipping. I'm I'm helping. You know, I'm trying to stay out of his way the best I can in protection. But I'm doing things to, to not let him have to be out there by himself. And also, I might even help steal on the other side with Ojolari back and forth, whether you motion guys across, chip on both of these ends, and then, you know, set them up for the pass. Yeah, I'm a little worried about it. Ojolari, let's say he he comes around that edge. Uses oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he, he Euro steps it inside. That yeah. could be problems for you for Terrence Steele out there. Uh, Brian, let's get your prediction. Tell me how you think this game – not only just give me the score, but also tell me how you think this game plays out. Yeah, you know what? I Man, I, I tell you what, I hate to do this because I've been 0-2 because I picked Cowboys to beat Tampa, then I picked Cincinnati last week. I do feel like, though, that Dallas has the better roster. Yep. Now, that that being said, 
that's that's what's going to help me in this game. I, I kind of feel like it's a, a 23 to 16, 20 to 16 kind of game. Oh, there's people that feel like that, you know, and John even mentioned it. He was worried if, that Dallas's defense would find a way to score a touchdown. We've talked about it on the podcast that the Giants punt team not necessarily covers very well at times. Gave up a huge return the first punt of the year against uh, Tennessee. You know, so Turpin could be a factor in that, especially if you make the Giants punt. You know, Daniel Jones could turn over the ball at any moment. I do worry about the Giants running game, but I'm going to keep it somewhere between like a 23-13 or how about this? 2013 type of a game, you know, something where it's going to be seven to 10 points, but a Cowboy victory. I just think the Cowboys roster is better. And I think that the, the, the Giants, I think their culture is different. I think they, they, they expect to win with this coach and this coach is willing to do things to help them to win, which in the fact in the past, I didn't think was the case. Yeah, I think I'll take uh, Dallas 21-20 in this game, but I do think it's one of those games where it's going to be ugly. If you're a big fan of offensive football, I don't think you're no. going enjoy this football game. It'll be a struggle a lot of the afternoon or a lot of the evening, I think, for both teams. Um, but ultimately, I just think, like you say, Dallas is more talented. I think that makes a difference. But in a one-point game, that also means like this could go either way. If, if, yeah, it could. If bounce is funny. Um, so overall, I'll, I'll say that this ends up being a game where a little bit ugly, a little bit physical, but Dallas ultimately comes out with a second consecutive physical victory, which would be huge for them. You are listening to the love of the star podcast. The love of the stars and odyssey podcast. You can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show where we turn things over to our dear listeners for the Twitter mailbag. Before we do that, though, because we value our listeners so much, uh, I want to let them in on a hot tip. And that is if you're looking for a good spot for wings in the DFW area, Boomer Jacks. Tuesday and Wednesday, wing deals. You can get half-price bone-in wings on Tuesday, half-price boneless wings on Wednesday. Uh, and then regardless of the wing specials, any Time of the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever. Boomer Jacks is the perfect spot, whether you're looking for like a good happy hour spot uh, for you and your coworkers, you're looking for somewhere to watch the game with your guys, um, or, or maybe you're just looking for a nice night out with the family. Boomer Jacks, perfect spot. Wall-to-wall TVs, any sort of sport, any game you're wanting to watch, it's there. It is ice cold beer. It is perfect live music. Uh, just the perfect atmosphere for any sort of social setting that you're looking at. 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. So head over to boomerjacks.com. And uh, thank you again to Boomer Jacks for sponsoring the love of the star. Uh, Brian, let's jump into some of these questions here from our listeners. First one from JD. Do people within the building see the offensive differences from the week one and week two starts and think they need to do more to help Dak and not rely on him doing it all himself much as he has the last few years? So, Mike McCarthy kind of pushed back against us a little bit with Sean and RJ, our, our uh, teammates over at 105 through the fan on Friday when we talked to them, uh, saying that, look, I, I don't think there's a lot that we're actually drawing up differently 
with the offense with Cooper Rush in there. I mean, maybe a little bit, but it's it's not wildly different. I think the bigger factor here is Cooper Rush isn't seeing the same looks from defenses that Dak is, is part of what this is. I think if Dak saw the looks that Cooper Rush saw in week two, Dak probably has similar or greater success in that game. But yeah, I think that hopefully they realize that they can't just get rid of guys like Amari Cooper and replace them with nobody and go, well, we should have the same exact offensive output. Yeah, I think dude, you're absolutely right about that. You know, and but it's a little on Dak too to be accurate throwing the football. And it's, you know, but yeah. that that comes with that comes with having confidence in the receivers, that has confidence in the left tackle, confidence in the right tackle, confidence in, you know, everybody involved, confidence in the play caller. You know, when you when you want to talk about offensive problems, it's not just one thing that plagues the Cowboys at times. It's, you know, you can, you can point the finger at Dak. You can f- point the finger at maybe CeeDee Lamb being a little late getting off his jam. You know, uh, you can point the finger at Kellen Moore for not sticking with something that he needs to, to in order to help Dak. So it's not just one thing that plagues the Cowboys at times. It's, it's a multitude of things. And this team, especially with Cooper Rush, man, it's hard. Now, Something, something's really going on strange here because you look at the Tampa game first 15, man, offense looked great. Look at the first 15 against Cincinnati. Offense looked great. You know, Cooper Rush does what you ask him to do. Dak Prescott asked what you ask him to do. So, I mean, I think this is on Kellen Moore. Whatever you're dialing up in the first 15 to open these games, maybe circle those plays, come back to those plays because those you're having some success, uh, you know, getting that going and maybe when the offense bogs down a little bit, that's something you can kind of hang your hat on. What's the advantage of scripting plays to start games? Because uh, uh, the Cowboys, everybody generally does that. And yeah. so is there is that some of the reason potentially for some of this early success? Is the script- I think so. I think so, yeah, because what happens is the players know going into the game, you work on these plays. Okay, the night before the game, like right now when they're meeting there in uh, at the hotel in New Jersey – they're talking about, okay, here are the first 15, and Dak knows them. Uh, you know, Cooper Rush knows them. Kellen Moore knows them. Everybody knows the first 15. The wide receivers know them. The offensive line knows them. I mean, you can just, in your mind, you have, you know, you're you're seeing that picture of, okay, this is what we have to do. If we get this coverage, this is what we're going to do. We get that front, this is what we're going to do. So, yeah, they, they've done a great job. I mean, they have opened games. I mean, they got 10 points off two opening drives already this year. You know, that's I'd say that's a that's a pretty good start to to the season when you start to talk about getting drives on our points on opening drives. Next question here from Titanic Gambler. Uh, he's asking two games in. What is the biggest good surprise on the team and what is the biggest disappointment? Uh, his answers are he'd say Tyler Smith is the good surprise. Dax play is the disappointment. Um I guess my biggest disappointment is I, I thought that from all the chatter that CeeDee Lamb was giving us leading up to the regular season, I expected more assertiveness from him. Um, I, I think if you want to look at another disappointment, I think Jalen Tolbert's been di- really disappointing that your third-round pick can't get on the field. Um, those are disappointing aspects. That I think the the biggest good surprise I want to say Tyler Smith, but I thought Tyler Smith was going to generally, I think you talk to him, we talk to him, we, we hear the way he approaches things. It's like, that's the guy who's going to make it. You kind of felt like after you got to know him a little bit, like, okay, that guy's going to have some success. So I don't know 
how surprised I am by that. I guess Noah Brown, that Noah Brown went from training camp star to somebody that they could actually rely on because he's been training camp star before. And, and this is the first year where he he's taken it into games where they have absolutely needed him these first two weeks. So give me Noah Brown for the good surprise, uh, the disappointment, a combo of, I guess, CeeDee Lamb and Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, the good, the good surprise and maybe not a surprise, but the fact that that Micah Parsons is even better than Micah Parsons was as a rookie. That's, that's, I mean, that you're seeing things with Micah Parsons. Now you don't see the tackles, you know, and that's, that's okay. But you see the pressures, you see the sacks, you see how they're using him. That, that the surprise is that he's even better. You, you're thinking like, how can he get better than he was last year? And he is, he is, he's getting better. The disappointment to me is that, yeah, I put a lot on Dak. He played very poorly against Tampa Bay. Uh, and then he gets hurt. That that to me, and I'm not trying to pile on Dak. I, 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 if you go back and listen to me on 105.3 The Fan, you go back and listen to these podcasts, I really thought that Dak was going to put a lot of this stuff behind him, you know, a lot of the injury stuff, that he was going to be a different player and all that. And I felt like if he had a chance to play against Cincinnati in week two, we would probably saw a bounce back game the way Cincinnati was playing. But to me, that's the disappointment that he's not in this game tonight where they sure could use him. And, you know, cause he owns the NFC East when he, he does, plays, he owns the NFC East and the next two games are against NFC East opponents. And, you know, you could have surely, you know, to be, to be three and one going into that Rams game. I mean, that's because Philadelphia, I, I think Bobby, they're not going away unless they have a major, yeah. Unless they have a major, I, I, I feel confident sitting here on September 26th. Philadelphia is winning the division. I think I, I, that's my call right now. I I think Dallas can still turn the season around, contend for a wild card, but Philly's not a paper tiger. That's a real contender. No, Philadelphia, where we were, and I'll admit it. I thought you know their quarterback wasn't as good. You know, and yeah. uh, you're, you're seeing uh, you know even yesterday he missed on some passes. But at points in time in the game, he threw a very good ball. Philadelphia is not going to go away unless they, they get major injuries. The one thing the Cowboys have kind of dealt with right now is major injury to their quarterback. If Philly – and Philly's had a history too where they, they've lost players along the way. you know. So we'll see how it plays out. But you can't go into this thing losing to the Giants and then losing – you know maybe losing a game to the Commanders and expect, you know, and expect to be fight for this division. You've got to, even with Cooper Rush, you've got to take advantage of your roster's better right now than the Giants. Your roster is probably better than the than the Commanders. Now, we'll see what happens with the Rams and Philly, but you can't let this division get too far away. I'm just going to tell you right now, Brian, while the roster is better, and I know they struggled this week, Commanders, they got some weapons, actually. They so- do. Okay, I started I started doing a cursory look at them. So I think when you give them a look, you're gonna go, oh, there's some problems here. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've got no, they've got some problems, but they've also got a quarterback that just is not very good. Yes, that's 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 yeah. that's the and I would I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and maybe it's even after the uh maybe it's even after the the Dallas game if if in fact it Carson Wentz they lose that game. I could see it I could see the end of Carson Wentz here within the next three weeks as quarterback for the for the commanders. You mentioned there that Micah Parsons is the good surprise that he has gotten better. So four sacks through two games. Um, if I were to give you 20 sacks, 
You think? Do you think? I would. I would have said under. I mean, if if, if you're talking about doing, well, June, let, me, let me give you let me give you seventeen and a half as the over under for Parsons the rest of the way. So that would give him thirteen and a half in the final fifteen games. So over under seventeen and a half sacks a season. What are you going for Parsons? I would probably still, man. I think he's somewhere between fourteen and sixteen is where I would guess. So, mm-hmm. uh, 14, 15, 16 is kind of where if I he, think. If he gets two tonight, are you changing your tune? Uh, you know what? I'd have to. I mean, you know, you're at. You know, the thing about it is, I mean, he's. Uh, you know, he's he, he's he's getting a little nicked up. You know, we, we he's dealing with the toe. He's dealing with the knee. You know, he got sick. Uh, you know, I mean, he's going to go out there and play great. You know, he is when he's on the field. I just worry about teams saying, "Listen, I'm not going to let you beat us in this game this week." You know, and they load up on him. Now that means Armstrong. We've seen Armstrong have some success. Tank needs to get going a little bit. You know, uh, you know, uh, Osa inside. Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler. I mean, I think Dante Fowler. I think Dante Fowler could have a big game tonight. Howard, I, I really do. needs more reps. He's been really productive. He I think. has been productive. He's been very productive. I, you know, I said earlier that I thought Armstrong was going to have a breakout year and I was glad to see him get the two sacks and be more consistent. But Fowler to me looks like a better player right now. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, next question here from uh, one of our loyal listeners at Stevie JPTX. How does the Giants having Ojolari and Thibodeau available change the Cowboys' approach on offense? Yeah. I don't know that it changes the Cowboys' approach on defense. I think it does change Wink Martindale's approach on or, or on offense. I think it does change Wink Martindale's approach on defense, though, because I think that he should have more success getting home with his front four and not have to just dial up blitzes to make it happen. But yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think that that you know, while it doesn't change Dallas's approach on offense, they're going to have to execute for sure if if if. Thibodeau and Ojolari are able to generate pressure. Yeah, no, that's it. That's that's going to be the key for the Giants tonight. And they do have an advantage. Ojolari and Thibodeau, I would have to say, are, are better than Steele and Smith. Now, which group, if Steele and Smith hold up tonight, Cowboys win this football game. There's no question about it. They've got to, though, they cannot let those two come into this game and hit Cooper Rush in the back and have the ball come flying out of his hand and short field drives. Both teams are susceptible to problems uh, with that can be created by the other's defense, especially at the defensive end spot. Who do you think gives Dallas more problems, Ojolari on Steele or Thibodeau on Smith? I think Ojolari is going to be the problem. I think Ojolari is going to be the problem tonight. He's coming to Georgia, right? What's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I tell you what, you watch him play and. You know the Giants stole him when they drafted him. They really did. I mean, he, he's a he's a nice football player. The, the key tonight will, for them will be conditioning, though. When when they're not on the field, when Ojolari and Thibodeau are not on the field, you have to take advantage of that if you're the Cowboys. Uh, question here from Deep Fried Sexy. I'm just asking this question because I wanted to say Deep Fried Sexy. Uh, we as fans, fans tend to oversimplify when we ask, why don't they just send Turpin on a nine route to loosen up the defense? What is the reality that we don't understand? The reality is like you're sending a five, five receiver down the field on a vertical nine route, you know, with uh, now the catch radius is not very big either. So if you turn this thing into a 50, 50 ball, like we've talked about with Gallup. Okay. And say the corner does stay and you throw it. Now the corner has the advantage because of, you know, the corner because of height. 
And all of a sudden, now, how about, you know, if you want to say throw the ball, you know, down the middle of the field, you know, maybe you can run through and just let it run under it like you would a punt. But if you turn this thing into a 50-50 ball, say on the sidelines, there's a possibility he's going to lose because of the lack of the catch radius, and he's going to lose because of the lack of the height, and then it turns into a turnover. That's that's. Would you like to see more involvement from offense, though? I would. I would. But not not at the expense of Pollard, because I think Pollard – I think Pollard – I think Pollard can make more plays. I think Pollard is more of a – I rely on him more with the catch. Uh, the run after catch, both are tremendous. But I, I am not – I'm not taking away Pollard opportunities for Turpin. I'm just not doing that. That does it for us here on the Love of the Star podcast. We appreciate you guys sending your questions. We appreciate Boomer Jacks for sponsoring us. Uh, looking forward to this game tonight. Like I said, probably going to be a little bit of an ugly one, uh, but we will have a, a short week. I know on the, the flight back overnight tonight, Brian, I'll try and get started on Washington already. Uh, yep. we're for a week. We got just two shows between the end of this one and Washington. So we will see you guys again on Wednesday.